Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You are listening to the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast, where we use our expertise in the world of sports, as well as medicine, to bring you the most up-to-date injury news and analysis. Hello and welcome to Episode 9 of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball Podcast. My name is Brandon Bowers. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. been with you all season, and alongside me, well, I guess... Alongside me on the airwaves, not alongside me in person, is Dr. Physical Therapy Aaron Berger out in Pittsburgh. Aaron, last time we chatted, you said you're coming out to my neck of the woods to, to, to check out Columbus. What's bringing you out this way? Yeah, so the girlfriend and I were heading out to Brewdog. It's a brewery and hotel. Um, so we're there on Friday night. We're going to get a tour of the brewery. And they have a bunch of things like in the room, like you have your own taps in the room. Um, you, there's a, there's a refrigerator in the shower to have a few shower beers because uh-huh. she doesn't love a shower beer. So, yeah, we're really excited to get out and enjoy Columbus. We're going to do the, uh, the scooters that you rent from Uber or Lyft. Uh, we heard those are fun. I'm going to try not to hurt myself on those, but yeah, we're really excited to get out to uh, Columbus and check out the, check out the city. Yeah. I mean, I, I've done all of those things that you mentioned. Brewdog is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, obviously a bunch of IPAs. The Elvis Juice is their grapefruit IPA. That's absolutely delicious. Uh, hey, the Hazy Jane is good. The Punk IPA is good. I mean, you really can't go wrong. The food there is pretty good. They've got a dog park actually attached to the brewery as well. You mentioned the taps in the room, so you guys will have a blast there. And then obviously the scooters here in town, they get going pretty quick. You can get upwards of, of 20 miles an hour. So oh, geez, yeah. make sure you watch where you're going. Um, yeah, I might be on episode 10 of the uh, Fantasy Doctors. <laughs> Breaking news, Aaron Berger, scooter accident. Yeah, <laughs> fall on an outstretched hand, broken radius. <laughs> Little foosh a- action. So yeah. uh, moving right in here to episode nine. So Fernando Tatis for the San Diego Padres. What do you got, Aaron? Yeah, so Tatis, he was, he was on, a, I think it was episode five or six, um, and he had a hamstring strain, made it back from that. He's been playing well for the Padres. And it, it's hard to imagine this, but he's 20 years old, Brandon. And mm-hmm. going through the season, he looks like an age veteran out there. And we just have to remind ourselves that this dude is 20 years old. Um, he took a huge swing and actually fouled the ball off his foot. It wasn't his foot, though, that they were concerned about. It's actually his back. Initially, he was diagnosed with back spasms. Um, but after the rest, didn't really reduce any of his symptoms. They did some further evaluation and diagnosed him with a stress reaction in his back. Um, this stress reaction is actually a, a precursor to a stress fracture, uh, but we're, we're going to treat it the same. We're going to use rest, and then as the pain subsides and radiographs and bone scans show that the, the fracture is healing itself, uh, we're going to work into strengthening, getting some of that movement back. Um, but, yeah, anytime, anytime there's a stress reaction or a stress fracture like this, it's usually caused by violent movements, and it's common in uh, – as you know, Brandon, gymnasts and our offensive linemen in football just from bending backwards. And that's probably how Tatis got this in the first place. You think a, a big swing for a righty who's probably trying to launch at 800 feet mm. and just had that backward bend. 
um, in his lumbar spine, and it can happen just like that. So he's done for uh, 2019. The reports seem to be telling us because he is 20 years old, he's the number one prospect. They don't want to rush him back, and the playoff hopes for the Padres seem to have dwindled down. Uh, but he'll be ready to rock in 2020, and they're definitely going to make sure he's 100% for uh, beginning baseball activities again. I mean, the big thing—the big thing to note here, as you mentioned, this being a precursor to a stress fracture, is that it gets caught early, so it doesn't get all the way to that stress fracture point. So, the Padres are really doing the right thing here, shutting him down with an eye towards 2020. A young guy that they don't want to jeopardize his future. So, unfortunate to see his 2019 come to a close, but ultimately, this is the best move for them and the Padres going forward. Robert Gesselman for the Mets is dealing with a triceps injury. This initially came out on August 16th uh, that he was having some issues and he, he didn't pitch the 14th and 15th due to a tricep soreness was the initial diagnosis. And then he, they ended up placing him on the injured list. And then they announced that he actually had a partial tear in his tricep and he is done for the season. So we're dealing with partial tearing of the muscle, Aaron, as, as we've noted on previous episodes of the program, uh, this is a grade two type injury. And in some cases, surgery is indicated depending on how much of the muscle is torn. And in some cases, rehab will suffice. So what we do know now is that he, I mean, he's done for the season, but the team has not reported whether or not surgery will be required. So we won't see him again in 2019. And then just something to keep an eye on as, as the rest of the regular season progresses and the postseason rolls around and even into the off season, the hope would be that if he needs surgery, it occurs sooner rather than later. So that way, when spring training rolls around, he's good to go. Uh, but as of right now, there's been no indication whether or not surgery is going to be needed here for Gesselman. Corey Kluber, normally somebody who I take the reins on chatting about. You know, Aaron, I just got tired of having to talk about him every time. So I tossed him your way, and I figured you'd talk about him so I wouldn't have to weep in my sorrows over here talking again about Corey Kluber. Yeah, our podcast is actually sponsored by Kleenex uh, because he's just been featured on here so many times. And I actually had that in the show notes. I wanted to thank you for allowing me to talk about Mr. Mr. Kluber here. But, Absolutely. Yeah, as, as we know, he's rehabbing from a fractured ulna uh, that he sustained earlier in May. Uh, he was removed from his start on August 18th with abdominal tightness, and it was reported on August 19th that he would be shut down for two weeks with an internal oblique strain. Um, so that internal oblique... It runs along with the, you guessed it, external obliques. Um, external just means further away from the center of the body, so closer to the skin. And the internal oblique is a little closer to your, uh, to your organs, your viscera. Um, and the internal oblique does the opposite action of the external oblique, which involves ipsilateral side bending. So if, you're, if you were to run your hand down your thigh, that's thanks to your internal oblique. So you can imagine how that would get injured in a pitcher. Um, depending on the severity, we're looking anywhere from one to four weeks. And with any soft tissue injury, as we talked about, Brandon, always a risk for re-injury. Re and this is just really unfortunate here for Kluber. Rehabbing back, it's been a great story um, so far. Uh, but it's probably safe to drop him in regular leagues. But he could be intriguing um, down the stretch here for, for DraftKings or Fandle once he's back. Uh, he's probably going to be cheap once he comes back. But as you know, He's very electric and definitely is a high upside option there for, for DFS. Yeah, I mean, a guy coming back from that forearm fracture, as you mentioned, and then just not quite in game shape, and that's really what probably led to this internal oblique strain. So he's been on the shelf all season for the Indians, it seems, minus the month of the first month of the season he was healthy and just not really expecting much out of him the rest of the way. 
And if there's any, any hesitation on the part of the Indians med medical staff or any reservations that he would risk further injury, then I would expect to see him shut down. The Indians really have kind of hodgepodge and pieced together a pretty nice rotation in his absence and the absence of Carlos Carrasco. So if, if there's any risk, then I really don't see them bringing him back in 2019. John Gray for the Rockies, a foot fracture was placed on the injured list last Wednesday. Initially, it was diagnosed with a stress fracture, and this is, was to his fifth metatarsal. Uh, there, they were unsure of the exact mechanism of injury and how it occurred. There was no real uh, point in time or, or play that they can recollect or that he can recollect when uh, the injury happened, but he is done for the season. He did have surgery to address this issue. Oftentimes when we're dealing with a stress fracture, especially in the foot, they'll go in and sometimes put in a screw, uh, or a pin just to adhere those those opposite sides of the bone together to make sure that that stress fracture is able to stay uh, aligned on either side and then allow adequate bone healing to occur. So moving forward into the offseason with a full offseason to recover and rehab and allow this bone healing to occur, there shouldn't be any long-term issues unless he has a, a bone healing issue. Uh, but rolling into 2020, at the start of spring training, he should be able to progress without limitation here as, as we move on to next season. Again, a tough blow for the Rockies and the stress fracture here for John Gray, which, which did end up requiring surgery. Joey Votto, Aaron, what's going on in Cincinnati? Yeah, so he was placed on the 10-day IL on August 18th, retroactive to August 15th with a low back strain. We, we, think, of, we think of strains as like a hamstring strain or a quad strain, but there's muscles in our back too, right? There's tiny stabilizing muscles up and down the back, and there's also uh, larger muscles closer to the skin called the erector spinae group. Muscle strains just don't happen to the calf or the hamstring. They can happen in your back as well. Um, he was activated from the 10-day IL actually on August 27th, so it's likely just a grade one strain with some aggravation. Probably had some muscle spasms and they had to calm down with rehab um, or any injection, but he's back and causing trouble for the NL Central. Probably one of the toughest outs in baseball throughout his career. Uh, I know whenever whenever I was a Pirates fan, I always hated seeing Joey Votto bat because he was just so tough to get out. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see him back there in the lineup in Cincinnati. Obviously a dynamic playmaker, and so good to see him back for the Reds. And, you know, Aaron, on previous episodes of the podcast, we've, we've hit the listeners with some breaking news, and I've got some more of it here now. This is just oh, baby. A, a feel good, this is just a feel-good story. I just got an alert to my phone. Uh, saying that Carlos Clark Carrasco is going to be activated for the Indians on Sunday. And, and for those who aren't familiar, oh. Carlos Carrasco was diagnosed with leukemia earlier this season. And uh, he's been out since the end of May. He will head to the bullpen for the Indians. And it's, it's, it's just a great story to see him battling him back from a diagnosis such as leukemia. They did a great job honoring him uh, and just standing with him with a, with a little – ceremony at the all-star game in Cleveland back in July and it's just good to see that he'll be back in uniform for the Cleveland Indians he's making the rest of these guys look like real wimps Brandon you know <laughs> he really is he really is Carlos Correa for the Houston Astros was removed from a game last Monday with what was said to be back discomfort and then was placed on the injury list as of Tuesday the team currently is anticipating a return uh, on September 8th they did an MRI immediately after the injury, which occurred last Thursday, and there was no structural damage, so that was good news. Everything from a, a bony and ligamentous and muscular standpoint looked good. The most recent update from the team was on Sunday, so just three days ago as we record this on Wednesday, August 28th, he had done some light jogging 
And again, it looks like he'll be out for another week-ish or so, maybe a little bit longer than that, and they're looking to bring him back on September 8th. The guy that we saw earlier this season dealt with some weird injuries, Aaron, and it seems like he will be back from this back injury here in short order. Yeah, certainly some weird injuries this year, but this one seems to be a little bit more straightforward, like you said. <laughs> Aaron Sanchez, a pec injury. Yeah, so we're looking at Aaron Sanchez, um, Houston starting pitcher, dealing with a sore pec, as it was described by the media. Uh, he's placed on the 10-day IL on August 20th, and he was showing some decreased velocity. It was pulled from his start, uh, return to play. So if we're talking about a sore pec, if you're talking with us, the fantasy doctors, we're going to call this a pec strain. Um, so just that, that pectoralis major muscle, we're getting some probably some minor tearing of it. Pretty common in a pitcher to see um, just with the, the scapula and how it attaches to the scapula. If you're talking about the pec minor or if you're talking about the pec major, how it attaches to the humerus, which is your upper arm bone. It, it's easy to see how this could be injured. We're looking at a return to play. Um, it's obviously based on the severity. A grade one strain, we're shelving them one to two weeks, and a grade two strain anywhere from two weeks to a month. It's not a grade three strain because that's a full rupture, and the, the Houston medical staff would certainly know there would be bruising all the way up and down his arm. A, a, a grade three uh, pectoralis rupture, that's very common in, in your bench press, and, and you certainly know if you were to tear your pec. So we should see him back anywhere from – it could be one week if it's a grade one. Uh, if it's a grade two, it might be a month. But they certainly want to use him, considering they just got him from the Blue Jays during the trade deadline. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a deep rotation in Houston, so I can't say that the Astros are, are hurting too much. But sure. uh, you lose anybody in a rotation like that, and you want to have him back. But I think they'll do just fine with or without Aaron Sanchez. For sure. Chris Sale for Dr. Jesse Morris. His Boston Red Sox has been shut down for the rest of the season initially. It was reported that he was dealing with elbow inflammation in his pitching elbow. That's the left arm for Chris Sale and was placed on the injured list on August 17th. And then the news came out that he was going to see Dr. James Andrews, the world-renowned elbow and really sports orthopedic specialist who works down out of Birmingham. And anytime your name and elbow is tossed in a sentence with Dr. James Andrews, it, uh, it isn't good. Fortunately for Chris Sale, he did dodge a bullet. And Dr. Andrews was able to just confirm that diagnosis of the elbow inflammation. And Tommy John was not recommended at this time. He did receive a PRP injection, which is a platelet-rich plasma injection. And with this, they will draw your blood and they'll spin it down in a, in a centrifuge to increase the platelet content. And then they take that platelet content and inject it back into the injured body part. So he had that done and then he's scheduled to have a reevaluation in six weeks. So he's still another four and a half to five weeks out from that. But again, Tommy John wasn't recommended at the present. They're trying to go the conservative route right now. He will be done for the season. Another guy with an eye towards 2020. Uh, but good news that Tommy John or that owner collateral ligament reconstruction was not required, but bad news he's done for the season. Ian Kinsler out in San Diego, another guy joining Fernando Tatis Jr. being bit by the injury bug here with a neck injury. Aaron, what is the latest on Kinsler? Yeah, there must be something going around that mid-windfield for the Padres, but Ian Kinsler is dealing with a herniated disc in his neck and was placed on the 10-day IL on August 16th, retroactive to August 13th. Not a huge blow to the Padres. The once great Kinsler has only started one game um, in the second half here for the Padres as they were playing Luis Urias at second, uh, who is now playing shortstop with Tatis out. Um, herniated discs can be tough, man. They, they can lead to weakness, 
and numbness uh, and even change reflexes if they're bad enough. And what happens in a herniated disc is there's two parts of the disc that's in between each vertebrae. And with whether it can be one acute injury, whether it's one sudden movement um, or over time, uh, the inner part of that disc um, can impinge on the nerve root and it just causes ridiculous symptoms which involve um, there's numbness, tingling, weakness, and this is a cervical disc, so up in the neck. Um, so the symptoms would be going down his arm. If it was a lumbar disc, it'd be going down his leg. Um, usually it's managed conservatively first with PT and or chiropractic care, um, and then severe cases are managed surgically. Return to play is all dependent upon symptom management and his functional ability. So we haven't heard anything as far as return to play for Kinsler, and I'm, I'm hesitant to put a return to play on him just because that symptom, uh, the symptom modulation can just, that, that's really what's, what's keeping him back, whether he's able to uh, feel the ball, feel the bat in his hands, or if he has any weakness into his arm. And you know, Brandon, these things can really be tough to put a timeline on. So I, I want to say conservatively, uh, he, could, he could be done, uh, but if they're very aggressive with it, maybe two to three weeks for this. I mean, the, the, the symptoms and the presentation with this can be so variable. I mean, it, it can be very mild in nature, but maybe just a little bit of neck pain or neck stiffness to the, the extreme case where you get motor loss and sensory loss into, into the arm. So it is tough to pinpoint. You see patients with this who are on the, on the lighter side of things and do come back and able, able to rebound quickly. I've got a gentleman who's a patient right now who, who is literally sitting in his car in the parking lot and he, he probably had some sort of cervical disc issue going on before and somebody just fender bendered him and just hit the back of his car while he was parked and it just set all these symptoms into a downward spiral and now he's got this ridiculous presentation down the arm and motor loss and sensory loss and so it, it really can be variable so it is tough to pinpoint a definite timeline. Jose Ramirez, I kept this one for myself. I let you have Kluber but I had to keep this one for myself for the Cleveland Indians a hamate fracture. We talked about previously, I believe it was Joey Gallo had a hamate fracture. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ramirez was dealing with just some general wrist soreness. And so Tito Francona sat him out a couple of days just to give him some time to rest. And then he was back in there last Saturday and he, he kind of swung violently at a pitch and missed and then immediately winced and grabbed for his wrist. And, and when, when you see that happen, the, the immediate thought is, is this hamate fracture. And that was the case here for Ramirez. He was placed on the injured list on Sunday and then had surgery just two days ago on Monday. That surgery was performed in New York. The expectation for his return to play timetable is a five to seven week window. Typically, when we see these hammock fractures, the average return to play timetable is six weeks. Now, that's all well and good, but five weeks or six weeks even puts us the first and second week of October. So with the playoffs right around the corner and, and no opportunity for him to go out on any kind of a rehab assignment, I would not be surprised in the slightest if we've seen the last of Jose Ramirez for this season. It's unfortunate because he was really starting to heat up for the Indians in Cleveland. Mitch Hanniger, testicular injury. How is he coming along with that, Aaron? Yeah, we're moving into the old injuries here. We haven't talked about old Mitch for a few weeks. But, yeah, like you said, he's been, he's been rehabbing from a ruptured testicle and surgery to fix said testicle on June 7th. Uh, he was actually shut down from his minor league rehab assignment due, due to lower back tightness for the second time. Um, so during his rehab assignment, he's had low back tightness. Going back to the top of the episode, we have that erector spinae group that's right underneath the skin. It's more superficial compared to your stabilizing muscles. But anytime we, we see some low back tightness, this is usually usually the, uh, the culprit. But yeah, considering this is the second time in his rehab assignment, uh, I, 
it, it's been said by by different media outlets that he's probably done for for 2019. And like you were just saying about Ramirez, the rehab assignments are tough to find at this time of the year as minor league um, seasons are shut down. So and this is Seattle certainly are in it. So he he sh- he could be done for 2019, but will certainly be ready to rock in 2020. I mean, no sense in pushing out any of these guys that, mm-hmm. that are close but not quite ready. I mean, it just isn't worth it because the last thing you want is something else to crop up and then, then this bleeds into the offseason and maybe even next season. For sure. Byron Buxton for the Minnesota Twins, who maintain a lead on my Indians in the AL Central. He had a shoulder subluxation or a partial dislocation of that throwing shoulder on August 3rd. And he is now ready to begin a rehab assignment, which he already did this week. He was able to DH for the minor league affiliate at single A on Sunday. He went one for two with a double, a walk, and a strikeout. And then he was actually scheduled to play in the field on Tuesday night. But uh, before we hopped on the air, I did a quick little Twitter search to see if there's any new news, since normally we record on Tuesdays. And it turns out that he has hit a setback and was feeling some discomfort in his shoulder. So he's been shut back down for the Twins. He rejoined the Twins. I believe they're in Chicago tonight to get evaluated by the Twins medical staff. So his return to play timetable and rehab is currently placed on hold because he has been feeling some discomfort in that shoulder. A guy that you want to see out there and seem to have been progressing nicely just three and a half, four weeks removed from this injury initially, but he has hit a setback and a shutdown at this time. Tyler Glass now for the Tampa Bay Rays dealing with some forearm um, discomfort. Medial elbow pain is what it started out as. The UCL, the ulnar collateral ligament, looked good according to MRIs, which is always a good deal. Uh, he was shut down on July 15th. He began throwing from 60 feet on August 5th, and he begins his minor league rehab assignment on Friday with high A Charlotte. So things are looking up for, for Mr. Glass now, a former pirate, and we should see him sometime in September. So this is another one of those uh, Aaron's injury update waiver wire pickups <laughs> for that. Um, yeah, if one of your league mates dropped him, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt to go pick him up. We saw how electric he was earlier on the season. And as long as his rehab assignment goes well, uh, you, you certainly can do worse on the waiver wire. And Glass now would be a great addition to any fantasy team here as we as we get late into the baseball season. David Dahl for the Rockies, an ankle injury. He was carted off the field on August 2nd with a right ankle sprain and then subsequently placed on the injured list. The team reported that he has not resumed baseball activities yet as, as we're here at the tail end of August, but they are currently eyeing a return to action for baseball activity action for Dahl the first week, first full week of September. So... Sometime next week or the week after that, I would anticipate that we see him. We're dealing with these ankle sprains. It's an overstretch of the ligaments. The, the ankle then inherently becomes, becomes unstable. And so efforts in rehab are, are made to reduce pain, swelling, inflammation, and really regain that strength and then proprioception of the ankle and its ability to accommodate uneven surfaces and, and change direction. So that's what he's most likely going through rehab right now. And again, sometime over the next couple of weeks, provided he doesn't hit any setbacks, I think we'll see him back in action for the Rockies as uh, we roll into the month of September. It's hard to believe it's already September of the season, summer just seemed to have, have breezed on by, and here we are with about a month to go in the regular season. It truly has flown, and uh, we're going to move over to Chicago with Wilson Contreras. I was trying to think of a good segue there uh, <laughs> right off the top of my head, and I really couldn't do it. Maybe we're – oh, speaking of flying, we're going to fly into Chicago O'Hare Airport and check in on Wilson Contreras, who's dealing with a hamstring strain. There we go. Uh, he's been sidelined since August 4th. 
Um, you know, you know this, Brandon, and the listeners also know this. We talk about it, it seems every episode, but hamstring strains definitely have a huge risk of re-injury, uh, just like any other soft tissue injury that we talk about. It was reported on August 27th, which was a Tuesday, by Patrick Mooney that he caught a bullpen until Clive batting practice. Um, but at this point, as we were getting the late late stages of the rehab here for for Contreras, we're working on eccentric strengthening, which means just lengthening the muscle uh, while you're also contracting it using some Nordic hamstring curls. Um, but he's probably still a week or two out from returning. But that's something definitely definitely keep an eye on as we move uh, towards the fantasy baseball playoffs here. Those, those Nordic hamstrings, man, they're an absolute killer. Forget about it, man. Uh, forget it. those are so tough. If you're not familiar with what the Nordic hamstring exercise is, just, just top on YouTube and look it up. And I mean, and then if you feel so inclined, try it for yourself. And they are absolutely brutal, even if your hamstrings aren't strained and are feeling good. And, and Brandon and I are not liable for any uh, faces that are hit against any any floor or bed while you're trying this. And we would also recommend to use an exercise ball to break your fall. And that covers us. And the fantasy doctors are also <laughs> not, not liable. But we are more than happy to accept your business if you do get injured while performing the exercise. Exactly. Luis Severino for the Yankees. I think it's the first Yankee of the night. I'm, I'm shocked. That's got to be a record. A lat injury. He's been cleared to face live hitters. He's been out for most of the season because of that lat tear. It's looking like, Aaron, he's going to start a rehab stint on Sunday. This hasn't officially been confirmed, but that's what we're looking at in terms of a timetable. He's, he's already completed – uh, a whole host of sim games and then bullpen sessions and he hasn't had any discomfort any limitations with these so so the next stage of the game is that rehab stint and it's, it's coming at a great time here for the Yankees because if he's able to make it through this rehab stint and then get added to the roster here once the roster is expanded in September it, it's like making a trade late in the season that you're just adding this guy to your roster that hasn't been around all season that we know when he's healthy can be absolutely electric. Max Scherzer in Washington with a back injury. Yeah, he was activated from the 10-day IL on August 22nd and pitched four innings against the Pirates. Uh, only allowed one run, which is a home run to probably my favorite Pirate that I still tolerate. Uh, that would be Adam Frazier. Uh, he actually told reporters on August 23rd that he's not out of the woods yet. Uh, his velocity's down, and he also said he's not able to reach back and give it a max effort on his fastball uh, as he doesn't want to re-injure his back. So we're at a tough spot here for Max Scherzer, and it kind of reminds me of like a football player like a uh, like a Jordan Reed or a Julio uh, or an AJ Green, where you know that they're going out there, but you just don't know how healthy they are, right? Uh, but I mean, you can't not not start Max Scherzer. So if he's if he's off, if he's off the IL, you're going to start him, and you just have to hope for the best at this point. It's just tough, is when they can produce, as you mentioned, uh, a Julio Jones or a Jordan Reed in, in football and Max Scherzer in baseball. I mean, they're guys that you want on your team, but it really ends up just being a roll of the dice and you cross your fingers that they're able to show up and produce. I mean, and it, does, it doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes you're just out of luck. They're not able to show up and, and pitch or, or play football at the level that we're used to. Yeah, but at the same time, if you leave them on the bench, that's whenever they – they catch 200 That's yards exactly. and have two touchdowns. and you're Exactly like, when they burn you. <laughs> yep. The lose-lose for us fantasy sports advocates. Yep. Sean Manea, shoulder surgery for the Oakland Athletics. He has been doing really well, Aaron. It's looking like he could rejoin Oakland soon. Most recently with AAA Vegas in his most recent start, he went seven innings of two-hit baseball with one walk and 12 strikeouts. So – He's looking good. Um, I yeah, just, you're going to want that. 
you're definitely going to want that. It's just a, a matter of finding a spot for him uh, up on the big league club. Again, with the rosters expanding here in a couple of days, it shouldn't be too hard to find him a spot. Uh, just, I guess, the, the rotation's looking a little tight to, to get him back in there so he could become a bullpen arm. Uh, but we'll have to see what they do. But he's all systems go with regard to this uh, surgery that he had done on the shoulder and should be back with the big league club here before too long. Waiver wire time, Mr. Berger, what do you got? Yeah, I tried to tell the listeners, I think it was last week, but we're going back to my man, Willie Calhoun, outfielder for the tech, for the uh, Texas Rangers. You guys don't listen. He's only 36% owned in ESPN <laughs> leagues, 27% owned in Yahoo leagues. Clearly we don't have 500,000 subscribers or something like that because he's not getting picked up. Uh, but we're looking at a guy here, eight home runs in August. We're looking at a 943 OPS in August and multiple hits in seven of his past 11 games. I mean, if that's not red hot, I don't know what is. And speaking of red hot, we're looking at Dustin May's hair, starting pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, 19% owned in ESPN leagues, 37% owned in Yahoo leagues. He just, he has a great head of lettuce. He's got that, he has voluptuous red hair flowing out of his hat, wears number 85. So that's just awesome. He's been really effective in AAA this year with a 2.30 ERA. 24 strikeouts in 27 and a half innings it, for all you math, math whiz out math whizzes out there. That's almost a strikeout an inning uh, start this weekend against the D backs before he goes back to the bullpen. So go ahead and pick him up before that. And uh, yeah, I just got two today. So Austin May and Willie Calhoun, go ahead and pick him up. Go out there and get those guys as you're making a late fantasy baseball season push to try and win your league. And, and when you do, you can credit Aaron Berger's waiver wire for all your success. And if you lose in a crucial matchup, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, it's not our fault. <laughs> uh, this day in baseball history, this is actually yesterday in baseball history as we record here on a Wednesday night. Uh, we were all prepped uh, to go last night, and we had a little bit of a conflict, so we rescheduled for this evening. In 1938, on August 27th, in the first game of a doubleheader in New York, Joe DiMaggio hit three consecutive triples. Um, and this offensive outburst helped the Yankees beat who else of course the Cleveland Indians uh eight to seven so three consecutive triples for Joe DiMaggio on yesterday in 1938 and everyone that had Joe DiMaggio on their DraftKings lineup in 1938 was very happy that's the way it works right exactly exactly <laughs> 1977 also in New York an A2 win for the Yankees uh, the pitcher for the Rangers, uh, Bump Willis, and actually not pitcher, but position player Bump Willis and Toby Hara hit back-to-back, -back, not home runs, nonetheless, inside the park home runs on, cons on, on consecutive pitches. Oh, wow. So this pair of inside the park home runs marks the first time that that had ever occurred in baseball history. So that was August 27th, 1997, back-to-back -back inside the park home runs on consecutive pitches. That's pretty cool. 2001, and I, I remember this like it was yesterday, the, the heyday when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were going back and forth and back and forth for that, that home run race. Uh, this was 2001 for Sammy Sosa. He hit his 17th home run in the month of May, and that or not the month of May, month of August, excuse me, Jeez. which tied the National League record for homers in the month of August. Initially, it was uh, set by Willie Mays in 1965, and uh, in 1937, before that, Rudy York set the major league mark for all of baseball by going yard 18 times 
in the month of August back in 1937. So Sammy Sosa tied the record for the National League and a gentleman by the name of Rudy York back in 1937 has the MLB market 18 times in the month of August. When you're hot, you're hot, you know. When you are hot, you are hot. And that is going to put a bow on episode nine. This may have seemed like a little bit of a quicker episode tonight. So apologies if this wasn't as long as what you're used to. Uh, We both have some running around to do this evening. So we had to squeeze this in where we could. Again, we're looking at one or two more episodes before we wrap up this season of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball podcast. Thank you to all of you for listening, downloading, subscribing, your wonderful reviews, if we get any of those. Aaron, it's that time, and I always said you, you try and come up with something. Do you have anything for the final thoughts? So since we've talked last, Brandon, I, I started my job. I am now a working professional in the world, and it's just been great so far. My patients have been awesome, and it's, it's just been really rewarding so far. So keep being awesome, people. Be the be the person that you want everyone else to be. That's my advice for the day. And Aaron's really hitting it home deep tonight. <laughs> be that person, be the change that you want to see impact people in a, in a positive way. And I, mean, I, th- I think we'll all turn out just okay. On Twitter, the fantasy doctors at the fantasy DRS myself at BL Bowers 12, Aaron at Aaron Berger underscore PT fantasy doctors website, www.thefantasydoctors.com. As I already mentioned, download and review us on iTunes. Great fantasy football and NFL content coming out each and every day from our team at the Fantasy Doctors on Twitter. Dr. Jesse Morris and Dr. Celine Parekh really head that up and do a phenomenal job, so be sure to check out that content. And then once, once the baseball season's over, and really as football season gets started, you'll see Aaron and I a little bit more present in the football side of things, providing you with that NFL and fantasy football injury content as well. So until next time, we'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. And we'll talk to you then. Thank you, guys. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.